Chapter Seven of The Haunted Hangar by Van Powell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Mamperard. Chapter Seven: The Swamp Gives Up a Clue. Two courses were offered to the Sky Patrol with Jeff. We can try to drop down into the fog. Called Larry to deck as their pilot, with closed throttle, nose down to get closer to the scene of the tragedy. But we can't sit down or do anything and we can't see much for the fog objected dick i think we ought to go back and drop a note onto the yacht telling the people to come here in a boat larry agreed with this sensible suggestion and dick scribbling a note passed it to sandy after a glance the younger of the trio gave it to jeff the pilot nodded when he read it again the engine roared as they swung around laying a course to take them above the rolling mist toward the end of the island around which or beyond which the yacht should be cruising or waiting it will be hard to find the yacht in this fog sandy mused but as they flew along he with the others scanned the low clouds for some opening rift through which to catch a possible glimpse of the watercraft a slantwise gust of wind crossed the cockpits giving them new hope if a breeze came to blow aside the mist they might have better chances to see the yacht in steadily increasing force and gradually coming oftener the puffs of moving air increased their confidence the fog was thinning under them blowing aside swirling shifting with the breeze from the new direction as they steadily got closer to the end of the island coming over a spot where a break in the cloud showed brown yellow sand and rushing white surf beyond the wide level beach sandy's alert eyes caught sight of something for an instant prodding jeff he indicated the object as jeff swooped lower inspecting dick caught a good glimpse of the tilted quiet focus of sandy's gesture there's the amphibian dick muttered stranded cracked up maybe but if we could get down and land we could use her two of us could to go to the swamp and see what's there before anybody else gets to the life preserver the jewels must have been tied to he passed forward through sandy a note jeff agreed made his bank and turn as sandy saw the drift of a plume of smoke on the horizon to get into the wind coming back dropped low jeff scanned the beach it looks safe for a landing pretty solid beach larry concluded and evidently jeff felt the same way for he climbed in his turning bank got the wind right and came down using his engine with partly open throttle to help him settle gradually until the landing wheels touched when the tail dropped smartly the gun was cut and the sand fairly level and reasonably well packed dragged them to a stop hurriedly the youthful sky patrol tumbled onto the sand digging cotton plugs out of their ears now that the roar of the motor no longer made them essential it's the amphibian and no mistake larry cried running down the beach toward the tilted craft if she isn't damaged he told dick you and jeff or jeff and i could fly to the swamp in her you go dick was generous to the friend he admired and who was almost a year older it would need a cool quick head to handle whatever you might find in the swamp you go that also was sandy's opinion 
when after a rapid inspection they agreed with jeff that the amphibian set down with only a strained tail skid and a burst tire in the landing-wheel gear was usable but there's no gas objected larry noting the indicator in the control cockpit see the meter says zero it was that way when i looked before sandy said that was why i didn't think anybody meant to use it easy to fool you on that jeff declared it's been disconnected i wouldn't be surprised if that there tank wasn't nearly half full they had it all fixed and ready let's go then urged larry dick look over the pontoons for strains will you she may have struck one of them she has tipped over part way maybe hit one of the pontoons dick examining with the thoroughness of an expert with jeff's and his chum's life perhaps depending on his care stated that he saw no damage to the waterproofed coverings of the water supports declaring that they would stand by and watch the airplane sandy and dick watched larry and jeff get settled dick spun the propeller to pump gas into the still-heated cylinders jeff gave the switch on contact call dick pulling down on the prop sprang aside to avoid its flailing blades and the amphibian's engine took up its roar acting as a ground crew dick righted the craft by thrusting up the wing which was evidently not seriously damaged while sandy as the motor went into its full-throated drone shook the tail to lift the skid out of the clogging sand his eyes shielded from the sand blasted back by the propeller wash he leapt sideways and backward as the elevators lifted the tail and the amphibian shook itself in its forward lunge lifted flew within two inches of the sand and then began to roar skyward he's drawing up the wheels now sandy called to dick they won't be any good with that burst tire he'll have to set down in water anyhow dick explained sandy nodded waving to his two watching comrades as they grew smaller to his peering eyes larry turned his attention to the work of scanning from the forward place all the indented shoreline north that the mist had uncovered to their left as they sped on the lighthouse poked its tower out of the drifting dispelling fog soon jeff dropped low diminished the throb of the engine cruising while larry kept watch yonder it is larry's hand gestured ahead and to the side jeff peering located the wing of the seaplane the fuselage half submerged in muddy channel ooze the tail caught on the matted eelgrass in the mouth of a broad channel they touched water and ran out of momentum with the wings hovering over the grassy bank to either side now what demanded jeff we can't go in any closer already larry had his coat and shoes off stripping them off and with no one to observe removing all his clothes he lowered himself onto a pontoon and thence to the water chilly but not too cold on the hot june afternoon striking out with due care not to get caught by any submerged tangle of roots or grasses larry swam the forty feet the pilot's in his cockpit he gasped he's he isn't get that collapsible boat on the back of the tank there urged jeff and come back for me it took inexperienced larry some time to open and inflate the tubular rubber device used for supporting survivors of any accident to the seaplane while afloat 
he's i think he's alive jeff declared fifteen minutes later that's a bad slam he's had on the forehead though he lifted the silent pilot's bruised head put a hand on his heart nodded hopefully and bade larry dash water in the man's face the cold salty liquid seemed at first to have no effect he must have hit himself trying to get out larry surmised jeff shook his head his parachute isn't loosened or unfolded he responded working to get the spark of life to awaken in the man he bent over no larry from the looks of things somebody hit him while they were away up in the air and jumped with that life preserver where is he now if only i could get my hands on him i wonder who it was jeff paid no attention to larry's natural anger and wonder he's coming around fella who did this here to you the eyes fluttered open the lips trembled larry clinging to a brace his feet set on a strut bent closer what happened who done this repeated jeff the man before he sank again into silence uttered one word or half a word gassed he muttered gassed was it somebody named gaston asked jeff the man did not respond never mind larry urged can you get him into the boat somehow jeff you ought to land him at a hospital or at the nearest airport there's a medical officer at every one for crack-ups or fly and telephone for help would you be afraid to stay here if, if i take him to an airport no declared larry stoutly without further words or conscious movements from the silent pilot they managed to get him unhooked from his belt and parachute harness to lower him precariously limp into the rubber boat which larry held on to as jeff half supporting his inert co-pilot propelled it to their own craft as they moved slowly along larry fending off a clump of tough grass into which the breeze sought to drift their rubber shell caught sight of something dimly white far in among the muddy grass roots he left his support swam across the smaller channel carefully and secured the life preserver which had dropped into a heavy clump of the grass and then had floated free of the mud held only by the end of a tangled string and the skin of an empty oilskin pouch torn and ripped to tatters that hung to the cord when larry rejoined jeff he flung the life preserver into the space behind the control seat of the amphibian leaving it there without comment as he helped jeff to lift and drop the still unconscious man into his own forward place then pushing off in the rubber boat he sat still his dry clothes in a compact bundle in the boat thwarts while jeff let the wind and tide run carry his amphibian out of the channel to where he could get sea space for a start to get the amphibian pontoons on the step from which with a silent cargo of human tragedy jeff lifted into air and went out of sight southbound sitting until he dried larry donned his garments gassed he murmured gassed had he heard any name around the airports like gaston well he reflected it's something now anyway we can look for a frenchman and learn if there's one named gaston he sculled back to get under the shading up-tilted wing of the seaplane studying what he saw on its half-submerged afterplace 
glory gosh he exclaimed staring there neatly arranged was the row of chewed bits of gum End of chapter seven